Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Life as we know it has changed. I don't say that to scare anyone. I'm not scared, but I think it's a reality that we're facing right now. Things are different, and they may not go back to normal for a while or or when all of this is, is over. None of us alive today have ever been through something quite like this, and so I think we're all just sort of adapting, right, one day at a time, getting through it the best that we can. Personally, myself, I've gone through periods of anxiety, right? Periods where I feel like something's sitting on my chest, like there's always some new piece of news and information out there, and I just have to figure it all out, and then I'll be fine, right? If I'm just on top of everything, I can relax. Then I go through periods of peace, too. There's moments of anger, moments of exhaustion, right? The first week, I was up before the sun every morning. I was researching. I was getting all my ducks in a row. I was being creative with church stuff and sort of having fun with it, and the second week was just exhaustion. I was just so tired, right? I've found an article last week, though, and Jason did mention it on Wednesday. Maybe you have already read it from that, but I have it tagged, um, linked in the sermon notes. I found an article last week that sort of helped me put a name to all of those different feelings that I was feeling. And some of it's just some some anticipatory grief, right? Understanding that the world isn't the same and, and it might not go back and, and sort of mourning my old way of life. I don't know, mourning what I had three weeks ago. But some of it, you know, we're all sort of collectively feeling these changes together and it's just grief. Jason gave it some other names this week as well. On Wednesday, put denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. We're all going through these stages, and honestly, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay not to be okay all of the time. These stages aren't linear. They don't go in order. They happen all over the place. They're messy. It's okay to be a little messy right now. Emotionally, we're all going through something we've never gone through before, and it's okay. But as Christians, we also don't have to stay there. We don't have to live there. We don't have to park our souls in that depression, anxiety, fearful nature. It's okay to feel them, but don't stay there. You know, for me, identifying those feelings always helps. Once I can understand what exactly I'm feeling and put a name to it, uh, it helps me a little. But that means I also have to move on from there. I can't stay there. Recently, God and I had this conversation where I finally identified what I was feeling. I was like, okay, I get it now. I can breathe a little. And God said, no, wait, don't stop there. Now you've identified it. In my case, in that situation, it was now you've identified it. You have to forgive it. Currently, we're in a season where now that I've identified my anxiety, I have to deal with it. And there's a lot of things happening outside of my control right now. But what I realized this week is that my faith level doesn't have to be one of them. That is not outside of my control. See, we always say that faith and fear are opposing forces, and they are. You can't hold them both in the same hand. You can't move toward them both at the same time. It is true, but because eventually one will beat the other. But honestly, those lines of thinking tend to just set me up to feel like a failure. 
right? When, when I say I can't be, I can't have faith and fear at the same time, it just makes me feel like, well, then if I feel fear at all, I must be faithless, right? I, I'm a failure. I, I just don't have enough faith if I'm a little bit scared. When actually fear is just a, a natural response. It's um, a physical, visceral response. It's, it, it's an emotion, right? My body can be signaling fear, but that doesn't mean my soul has to respond. My body can be signaling fear, but my soul can actually override that response because I am not just a makeup of cells and organs and tissue. I am also spirit. I am also soul, Right? I am an eternal being created by a cosmic, epic, almighty God that designed me to live forever and one day shed this body. We talked about this last week, right? When we see life as Jesus did, that death is not the end, we also see everything else differently. Our perspective changes. And if you're struggling with sort of seeing the difference between you, the spirit, you, the soul, and you, the body, my guess is you haven't practiced the spiritual discipline of fasting very much. This is the biggest lesson fasting ever taught me. I am not beholden to my flesh. I don't have to respond to what it wants. It's not in charge. It obeys me, and there is a difference. And so when I feel fear, when my body responds in a fearful way, I can override it. My spirit can say, okay, I hear you, body. It's scary. This is okay to feel this way, but let's do it scared. Let's do it afraid. Let's do it anyway. Yeah, I'm scared, but I'm doing it anyway because God said to or because it's the right thing to do. That's true bravery. Bravery isn't the absence of fear. It's the triumph over it. Faith is similar. Faith isn't the absence of storms. It's walking toward Jesus in the midst of a storm. It's overriding your fear with faith. It's only when we have an improper understanding of the word that we get confused about this. This book that God has given us, the the Bible, is a collection of hundreds, thousands of stories of people who were scared but obeyed God anyway. People who were sinful but obeyed God anyway. People who were selfish, people who repented and turned toward God later. Full of stories of imperfect people following God anyway. And we have the benefit of reading their stories and seeing how they turned out. We have hindsight on them, right? We know how things will work out for us in the end because of how they worked out for them. So many examples. This is why God gave us the word. So we'd understand we're not so alone in this unknown, uncertain time. We have them to look back on. They had to walk into the unknown, but it's not unknown to us. God gave us their examples to build our faith on. And if we build our faith on their stories, we have a house built on a firm foundation. This is why this week I felt like God led me to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is actually a collection of many other stories, and it calls them the heroes of our faith. And we're going to spend some time in Hebrews 11 over the next week or so together as a church. But today I'm just going to read the very first part, Hebrews 11, 
verse 1. And I hope you have your Bible open. You're not just reading it on the screen, but you're actually sitting at home with a Bible and a notebook and a pen and a highlighter, and you're getting it already. So Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in old days, sorry, in days of old, earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Remember the story of Cain and Abel? Oh, I bet some of us really only remember the murder part. Right? The, the, there was something that preceded the murder, though. Abel had faith. Cain didn't. They both brought something, but not with the same heart. Right? Cain did bring a sacrifice to God. So what was the difference between the one that God accepted and the one he didn't? Faith. So is God asking for perfection? No. He's asking for faith, right? This is one verse in Hebrews 11, but it's actually a much larger story. The readers of Hebrews would have understood these things inherently. They grew up knowing these stories, but we may only know highlights. Maybe if we grew up in kids' church, we know about the murder thing, right? We don't actually understand the full story. And so let's keep reading. Hebrews 11 Verse 5 says, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Again, remember Noah and the ark? My guess is you don't remember Enoch. There's actually not that much more about him in the Bible. Hebrews 11, 5 to 6 has pretty much all we know about Enoch, but I bet you know a thing or two about Noah, right? The flood, the ark, the, the animals, the rainbow, right? Do you remember all those pieces? Noah obeyed. God, but all of that came long after the test of faith. The test of faith came first for years. And then the rainbow at the end of the story. Rain and flooding must have seemed so impossible to Noah at the time, and yet Noah obeyed. What is God asking you to do today that just seems utterly impossible? Right? There's a lesson in each one of these stories. It goes on in verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when he called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. That sounds like into the unknown to me. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from 
one man who was as good as dead and a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Abraham and Sarah called to be mother and father to generations and yet they couldn't even wrap their minds around being mother and father to just one. God made it happen. There's another lesson in their story, many lessons in their stories and their children's stories. And it goes on and on and on. The text doesn't end there, though. Hebrews 11 doesn't end there. And so often we want to believe that it does. We want to believe that every promise in the word is for us. Right? We keep getting pulled back into this idea that we should be clinging to the promises of God instead of God himself. Yes, cling to God and his promises, absolutely, but don't put the promises before God himself or you may miss him completely. He is the God of nations and the God of individuals. He wants to meet you right where you're at, just like he met Abraham where he was at and had a promise specifically for Abraham, a promise specifically for Noah, one for Abel, right? Hebrews 11, 13 goes on to say, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back, but they were looking for a much better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. God's promises don't often make much sense to us at the time. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Listen, there is so much to learn here. In this one chapter, there are 19 stories, each with their own lessons and examples and testimonies of God's goodness, his faithfulness, his love. Build your faith with theirs. That's why they're there. That's why they exist. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, some of us are trying hard to build our faith. We have been for months, for years, but we've been using the wrong materials. The Bible also says houses can be built with straw. We can use materials that build a house, sure enough, but a rainstorm comes, not even a strong one, not even a thunderstorm or a hurricane, just rain, a a blessing from God really, comes and it destroys the house that we've built with straw. We build with good materials, the right materials, and a hurricane can come along, and it's still standing. Storms hit both houses. They always come. That's the life that we live right now, but only one of those houses is still standing after the storm. Some of your faith has been built with straw. It's been built with the physical church building, maybe. And so when a freak storm creeps up and takes the building from you, where's your faith, right? Maybe God is teaching us right now that the church is not the building. It's the people, right? And as we head into this Easter season, 
and remembering what Jesus did for us and considering the possibility that we won't get together and celebrate it as we usually do, let's remember the heroes of our faith and build our faith on theirs because as children of God, bravery runs in our family. We got this. If they beat us up, God will heal us. If they kill us, we'll be with God. To live is Christ, to die is gain. We have a heavenly home. We're not meant for this world forever anyway. But while we're here, in whatever capacity we find ourselves, we're going to proclaim the good news with vibrancy, passion, and selflessness. And nothing can hold us back from doing that. The world needs good news right now. More than ever. They need something to hold on to. A death is not the end, that there is a hope out there that is over everything else. And in and this season and the future, it's unknown to us, but it's not unknown to God. We're going to enter into this great unknown with confidence and with a Tigger attitude. You know Tigger? Winnie the Pooh? Right? What did Tigger always say when they would ask him to do something? That's what Tiggers do best, right? Of course, that's what Tiggers do best. Doesn't matter if I've never even done it before. That's what Tiggers do best. That's the attitude we're called to have in this season. Because as disciples, even in the unknown, uncertain times, we still have a job to do. And yeah, we may have to be more creative than ever. Fine, disciples are creative. That's what disciples do best. Yeah, we may have to to share the good news in different ways. Fine, that's what disciples do best, right? We may have to pray for healing or or share our food or distribute toilet paper to the community. (laughs) Who knows? But fine, great, actually. That's what disciples do best. Each and every one of us need to be asking our neighbors right now, what do you need? What can I help with? Because that's what disciples do best. Bravery runs in our family. God has asked so many heroes before us to walk into the unknown with him. He was with every single one of them. And as long as they remained faithful, he was so faithful and so much more. We have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. Now this week, I have a Bible plan laid out for us. It's going to replace today's challenge. And every day at 6 a.m., a new Bible reading will be posted at effie.church heroes. We're going to walk into this great unknown, learning from the heroes of our faith. We need faith to get through this season because a lack of fear alone won't help us. Everybody keeps saying, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. It's not just a lack of fear that I need. We have to fill that with faith. It's not faith in faith itself. It's faith in the provider, the deliverer, the comforter, the healer, just like so many came who came before us had Faith in the great I am. He wants to be whatever you need him to be in this season. We got this. Bravery runs in our family. And I've been adopted into a long line of faith-filled, brave people. So have you. Being obedient to the word of the Lord in uncertain times is just what we do. It's what disciples do best. I hope you'll join me this week by going to fv.church slash heroes. The first one is up right now and studying those heroes of the faith this week. That's your response 
to today's message. Every single day, you'll learn something new about faith from one of our heroes. You'll build your faith with the right materials on the strong foundation of Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, type I'm in in the comments or go to fb.church slash I am in. We would love to partner with you in that. We have resources and materials that you can do right from home to learn all about that decision. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We praise you for who you are. Thank you that we get to be faith-filled people with tigger attitudes during this season, that we have nothing to be afraid of, that, that it's okay to feel fear, but we, we get to override it with faith. You are so good, God, so good. You are what we need you to be in the season. We need you to be it. You are the provider, the deliverer, the comforter, the healer. And and we don't walk into this unknown, uncertain time without you. You're there with us. In every conversation, you're as close as a whisper. God, thank you for being so faithful. Thank you that we can rejoice in every season doesn't matter if we're sick, if we feel alone, if we're locked up and in chains, you are there with us. And you are not only the God of nations, but the God of individuals. And you can speak directly to my heart, just like you're speaking directly to every heart at home today. Thank you, Jesus. As we head toward Easter, Jesus, help us remember your sacrifice. Remember that you came to die on the cross for our sins 2,000 years ago, and it's just as relevant today as it was then. We need you, Jesus, and your sacrifice to open up a line of communication with our heavenly Father, with an almighty God who wants to be in every conversation with us, who wants to walk so closely with us. Help us through each and every hurdle, every circumstance, every challenge. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in each and every one of us. Help us enter into this great unknown with you, not to leave you behind. You want to be with us. Thank you that bravery runs in our family. We have generations of stories to look back on, of people who relied on you to get through their own challenges. Thank you that we have hindsight. We can see so clearly what you did for them course you're going to do it for us. Father, I pray right now that you would touch hearts and minds right where they are. Give supernatural peace, the peace that passes all understanding, hope that doesn't really make sense, natural sense in these uncertain times. Be with each and every person who calls on the name of Jesus. Dwell within us, God. Help us to be the light and the hope of the world. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.